It's been more than two months since we've been in lockdown. My eyebrows currently look like one giant caterpillar resting on top of my eyes. And I've swept so much hair from under my bed, under my cupboard, under my desks, that I'm surprised I'm not bald yet. When we started this podcast, we wanted to explore issues impacting women and work in India. No small task. But the coronavirus and the lockdown have had an unprecedented impact on both. If Roman history was divided into BC and AD, modern history is going to be divided into pre-COVID and post-COVID. We're in a completely different world from when we started recording this series in late 2019. In today's episode, we wanted to speak with many different women to hear about their experiences during this time, from schooling kids at home, to work, to migration, to mental health. This episode is going to provide us a view from different perspectives. While it's not possible to summarize the experiences of all 500 million women, we're hoping to provide a time capsule during this strange moment of uncertainty. We want to thank our guests in this episode. It was recorded remotely, so everyone pitched in to produce and record their own interviews from home. We also asked you, the listeners, to contribute your own experiences from the lockdown. You'll be hearing these through the episode. Let's get to work. Pooja Dhingra opened Le 15 Cafe in Mumbai as a patisserie. The cafe's specialty was in French baking and she eventually expanded into a full restaurant in Kolaba. Like any entrepreneur, Pooja built the business with a lot of hard work, a lot of smarts and a dash of sweetness. But when Covid hit, it was something that nobody saw coming. Not even our taste buds. For me, this was the only, like it was my life in such a way that it, it engulfed me so much. Um, to a point where I worked myself to exhaustion. So I think that I, you know, I'd start my day every morning at about 6, I'd mm-hmm. get to work about 8.30. And then I'd, I'd come home at 11, 11.30 at night. So I basically, you know, um, this is the longest I've been home in 10 years. I, eventually, I want to put, <laughs> I want to write a book with, with all these learnings and lessons and just be like, this is what I, this is what not to do. <laughs> so you started... The rest, you started when you were 22. Yeah. Take me through, uh, within the next 10 years, how did the restaurant expand? Just give me yeah. sort of a timeline. So you opened up first at 22. Where did you open? And then yeah. how did it expand so at, up to uh, so 2019? To start off with, it was just three of us. And it was three of us doing everything. First three months was just, you know, like answering the phone, speaking to customers, making the product, posting on, on Facebook, you know, which is like a content plan, uh, which I would say now we're just doing it <laughs> without knowing what we were doing, but just doing it because we had to. And um, yeah, what I realized was there was a large demand for people wanting to learn uh, cooking and baking. And so many people said it to me. So I said that, you know what, there are no formal classes in, in, in Mumbai teaching mm. baking. But we have this kitchen, we have all this excess space, we don't have that much capacity or orders yet. Let's just start teaching. And so we started teaching out of the mm. kitchen, and that is what actually got us a lot of press, it got us a lot of eyeballs, um, even before the patisserie actually did. And um, mm. then through that, through the through you know the years to follow, we opened small kiosks in different locations. So we kept like opening, closing a few uh patisseries, and then finally in 2006. 15, the end of 2015, uh, I opened our first flagship store, which was the cafe. And so how many years into the business is that? Maybe five or? 
Yeah, so 2010 we started and end of 2015 I signed the cafe in Kolaba which was our, our, our like flagship store it was the first store that was going to have uh sweet and savory so we had a whole like savory menu uh was probably one of our biggest investments then uh 2017 is when we actually raised some external funding because so far it was we were bootstrapped and then i mean and then and then everything changed because uh suddenly now we were yeah. transitioning we we spent uh, some money and built like a really big central kitchen like 10 times the size of what we were working out of um and we built wow. it for scale and we built it for growth just completely bent from being something that was run out of passion and just for, like mom and pop style now suddenly became professional okay i'm imagining you in this in this, you know, incredible kitchen that has now been upgraded, you know, thinking now I've really made it in some way. <laughs> I mean, you know, so the thing is that it's it for me I never really feel that. I just feel that now there's added pressure of you know, like first it was only me, yeah. you know, and it was only if I would disappoint someone it would be only disappoint myself, but now there are other people who believe in the business and believe in me and so the pressures were suddenly like you know the stakes were much higher like if you asked me at 23 if i started a business was i afraid i was no i wasn't i had nothing to lose um yeah but today if you ask me the same question i'll probably you know think three times before i say okay maybe let's do something new because you realize how much of 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 everything is at stake when i think back on most of the things that i did earlier now i think i would never have the energy to do it again <laughs> <laughs> so for me that moment of uh, being in the new kitchen and being like I made it was not so much then but was at the 10 year mark when the when the business is 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 finally you know is 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 you know profitable like we have great margins our costs are under control like everything is functioning great we have a plan for the future and we are celebrating 10 years you know like 10 years in the business like you made it and it was like that moment for me was like okay this is a moment of celebration and and also a moment where you feel like for me especially um you know i think as as women it, i don't know if it's a woman thing or it's 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 me thing but i think that you know we don't give ourselves enough importance for what we actually do or sometimes you feel like you have imposter syndrome or sometimes you just feel like uh, you know like oh this wasn't me but finally i was reaching a stage where i was coming to terms with oh i managed to do this you know like um i i actually put my mm. you know put everything that i had in it and and i knew it was difficult but i i managed to pull it off and it's finally coming to that realization of oh this is this is this was me i could do this and then yeah so that was january of 2020 no it was march first march, march 10th anniversary no. yeah <laughs> first march are you kidding first march was uh first march yeah was our 10th anniversary oh my gosh on the 9th of march uh i had uh, one of our, our board meetings and one of my investors told me that he's and he he's currently in america and he was like i i think you should watch out it's going to be bad you know it hadn't you, you know everything hadn't hit the seriousness of what was going on what hadn't hit india yet so we said okay uh, you know there there's a virus is coming we need to prep so the first thing we did was like let's just get ourselves ready so we you know made sure that the mm. team was instructed you did your basic instructions of like wash your hands wear a mask so we started with all those things but 
by the 17th of March already, it was, um, you know, you could almost, it was almost like fear. You could, you could sense the fear in the room. Mm. And then, um, one of the other restaurant owners in, from Mumbai called me on the 17th night and said, Hey, a bunch of us, 40 restaurants are deciding to close because, uh, we want to, you know, it's just not safe for the teams. And I was like, in my head, I was like, we can't close. Like, we can't close. Like, how can we close? Yeah. How can we just close down? Like, what's going to happen? And there was a sense of panic, but um, I slept, uh, you know, I just slept on it. And the next morning I went and I spoke to the team and I said, guys, I think that for 10 days, we just need to take a break. And uh, this mm. is important because, you know, our health is concerned. And the last thing I want is any of you falling sick or you know, our customers falling sick. So before the national lockdown as well, the India wasn't locked down yet, uh, but we decided to close. At that moment, are you, you're thinking this is temporary, right? Yeah, I'm thinking it's temporary. I'm thinking, okay, we lose a little bit of business. We'll raise some money. We'll figure it out. We'll, you know, uh, things will go back to normal soon. And then quickly, like a week, 10 days into it, uh, just having conversations with friends in the industry. Uh, we had actually, um, someone like a, a chef from Mumbai who, who passed away with COVID, you know, like a really, yeah, yeah uh, Chef Floyd Cardos. So, and I had met him like just 10 days before he left. So it was kind of like the seriousness of what this is uh, kind of kicked in when, you know, when you have someone close to you that passes. So that's when it was like, okay, this is not, this is not a joke, right? Looking at China or looking at, you know, the countries that were dealing with it before India, we realized that um, eating out and restaurants over the next year, year and a half, is, is completely going to change. Like, it's not going to be mm. the same. For me, the decision then was I need to make, a, I need to take this decision now and fast because if I don't, um, it's just costs are just going to keep adding and then I'm going to be in a deeper, darker place and it's not going to, it's not going to be easy to do it a month from now. So I have to do it now. So the, the, the logical thing was to do to cut costs and stop the bleed. And that's why I took the decision. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was tough. It was a tough month. You called each staff member that you had to let go. What, you know, can you walk me through that a bit and what were those discussions like? With my team, you know, I consider them to be, I spend more time, I did spend more time with them than I did with my family. I was with them like 15, 16 hours a day. And um, it almost became like family and, uh, you know, and they were, they were also mm. concerned for me. They were like, are you okay? You know, like, um, mm. they were like, please don't worry. You don't have to, you know, they were like, we'll come and work for you for, uh, a month, two months, don't pay us, it's fine, but wow. are you okay? And I think for me, you know, like people say that women are soft and women are emotional and stuff like that. But man, can you imagine, you know, like 70 people that are just like, hey, don't pay us, it's fine. We will, you know, we love what you do. And if you need us, just call us and we'll be there. What was it like to have those two moments back to back? The first moment of, you know, finally, in March 2020, you get to this moment of breathing a sigh of relief. Things have turned around. And then one month later, you know, you're shutting it down. What what does that tumult feel it's, like? It's I, I almost say it's like you've been studying for an exam for 10 years. 
and you've been studying for say a french paper for 10 years and you feel really confident that you know everything that you can about this language and you go to give the exam and they present you with like a japanese paper it's like everything <laughs> that you everything that you have planned for and everything that you have prepped for 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 the last 10 years suddenly doesn't matter anymore you know there's this paulo coelho quote which says that i finally felt like i had all the answers and suddenly all the questions changed le 15 cafe in kolaba closed its doors forever in march 2020 but pooja's looking forward to what is next she recently published a cookbook called le 15 cafe cookbook and plans to reopen the central kitchen in parel after the lockdown lifts <laughs> You know the word crowdsourcing almost rankles on the ears in the time of social distancing. Crowdsourcing? No thanks. Only at 6 feet distance please. But we asked our listeners to submit their responses to the question, how has COVID-19 impacted your work life? Here are a few listener responses. Very natural reaction to COVID-19 was not pleasant. But despite the initial shock, fear and insecurity it empowered me to deal with a totally novel situation it gave me flexi timings realize my hidden potentials adapt to a new way by working in liaison with the need of the hour because of the covid-19 situation all our offline projects and events scheduled in these months had to be moved online and while this was a great transformation to maximize the reach of our projects I had to be in front of screens every single time which became a bit overwhelming for me. Hi, this is Jananda Sheth. I'm the membership manager at Soho House Mumbai. Our work has been impacted uh quite drastically with everything being on standstill at the moment. And personally, I was used to interacting with and meeting with a lot of new people every day. And now working remotely from home in isolation has been a big change in scenery. Um But while I do miss feeding off of the energy of my colleagues and members, it's brought some of us much closer together in certain ways. And it's been inspiring to be able to look at the business and redefine some of our offerings and pivot to match this new reality and just plan uh, for what's to come in the future. I realized that it is completely all right to take the time we need to uh, notice, notice seemingly irrelevant things, think think deeply and grow yeah in our own self and for our own self you know there's a very famous tv quiz show called are you smarter than a fifth grader and so many parents are now finding themselves living a reality version of that show as they're finding themselves in charge of their kids schooling at home as schools have gone online of course a lot of this work has fallen on women in this next segment we hear from dia kapoor dia is a mother of two boys ishan and dhruv she's also a yoga instructor she and her husband kapil have found the switch to online schools makes them question much more than simply if the boys will go back to school the next term christina spoke with dia to hear more in terms of how they understand the virus it's that there's a virus they know there's something going on outside oh yeah they know it's coronavirus they know that lots yeah. of people are getting it they know that yeah. you can't touch like you're not supposed to touch your face they know it's bad for you 
we have not had any conversation about like how you can like people can die you know but yeah i've said it's really really bad yeah how are the kids doing with the online school and how what is what is it like as a mom to manage that i mean i'm i'm so amazed by my kids and the kids in general they're just so adaptable so it's been wonderful to see how quick like so they don't take a minute it's literally like okay fine we'll switch they've done this but of course mm-hmm. you can see as an adult that it's a totally different challenge like you know the concentration the ability to keep track of things and i think in some ways that at least it looked like for ishan the amount of work he was given post school was definitely more than what he had last term and it mm-hmm. was on a daily basis it became a, like from just doing weekend homework which was on friday evenings where we would wrap it up it wouldn't be fun but we would sit for 2 hours and he'd get it done now it had bec- it became this thing of mama every day having to look on the damn ms teams to see all the different assignments because of course i would tell him that it's your job to remember your homework he's not going to yeah. be able to remember everything so i had to go on check every damn subject make sure that some assignment is due not due then ha- we don't have a printer at home so i have to copy out yeah. the whole assignment so that he can read it and then he can redo oh. that assignment then i've got to scan it and then i've got to email it back and put it back on the site so that the damn teacher can see it and it's just i mean it it sounds like little things but it's it takes time and it's a lot and in between then you've got to get your poor child to sit and do this damn work it's really not fun being the person that makes them makes that kid sit there and do it because he's not even gotten out it's not like a regular life where you go out to school you come back home and you play for a little while and then you do your homework no this yeah. is like you're stuck at home all day you're staring at a screen and 2 hours later your mother's saying come on do your homework so i didn't enjoy it as as the role because kapil has a different perspective in his mind <laughs> school doesn't matter and neither does homework and very honestly i've now reached the point of school doesn't matter as well my mind has changed really? when it comes to what i want for my kids education so i just didn't want to be that parent that because i was feeling lazy said fuck it and my kid therefore will not learn although he's bright enough that if i just give him that ability to practice it i know that this kid can go wherever the fuck he wants so i that's where my that's where my motivation was coming from it was coming from a place of dude i never want to be a parent that because i wasn't there to push him a little bit he didn't make that dream that he wants to do you know what i mean so that's yeah. where i came from but kapil was like i don't care about homework so we differ on that so kapil as a result never once bothered about the homework so it was mama who was like because the damn teachers <laughs> would be messaging me and saying ishan hasn't han- handed in his assignment ishan hasn't handed his so obviously then i'm like the parent that's being stalked you know so i was like <laughs> so i'm like it's easy for you to be like don't do your homework just go play is a bad so that's yeah and why why do you think that they messaged you and not kappa cuz that's india It's very simple. I don't know about the rest of the world, but I know India, and that's India. They presume that a mother, regardless of whether she has work, no work, it doesn't make a difference. Your job is to be that person. And somehow fathers, I don't know, they must be busy, right? They're so busy with their work. It's different. The the fathers literally if they just pick up a plate, it's like, "Wow, what an amazing father. My god, he's brilliant. So hands-on." <laughs> and for moms, it's like no matter what you do, it's not good enough. 
you know <laughs> no matter what <laughs> like they'll do something the child will do and it's because the mother didn't listen the mother didn't see so I'm like, you know it's <laughs> so at the start you were hand copying the assignment oh, i'm still doing that for for ashan to do it then once he did the assignment then you would scan it and upload this is like an entire with an secretary app. yeah job. with an app <laughs> <laughs> and I had Both. to scan it because later the teacher said because first I had to take pictures and then upload the pictures then she said but I can't read his handwriting so can you just download this app to scan I wanted to punch her virtually through my phone but then I was like it's fine I'm gonna calm down calm down do some meditation and get the damn app yeah so, but yeah. it's so funny that you went from that to now you're saying also that you've developed a little more of a let it be attitude and let it go like talk to me about how that when did that transition happen and how did it happen i i don't know when it happened but i know that somewhere over the last month i don't def, i don't need my children to be like i told kapil i was like let's just take him out of school for a year like it's fine you know why i'll tell you why because actually i remember over over days seeing that these teachers know how to teach in one way they know how to go to a classroom and teach and handle children they cannot yeah. go from that to suddenly being an online virtual teacher it requires a completely different skill set this is a whole different set of abilities you know yeah. to to keep people's focus to keep children's focus to understand how to change that teaching method from what you're doing with a blackboard where real people are sitting in your class to this it's different so watching that and watching and and seeing them struggle and i feel really bad for them actually because most of them how do you expect them to do this it's not easy so they're just trying their best so i think that was my that was really where i started realizing that my kids are learning oh my goodness so much more from their reading from listening to books i mean audio books music lego like we're creating inventing things craft secondly because now we are very aware that this is not changing anytime soon this is going to be our world for a while and schools are not going to start anytime soon like we're not going to have 2000 children going back into a building for a long time so yeah we now are now our project is that we want to start looking up really really seriously researching online institutions and uh virtual learning and we want to figure out whether there's something which is good enough so that we can make sure that our kids are getting something really amazing whether it's from one school or whether it's from yeah. a series of different courses even maybe we can figure out a way that like if they have like you know the best math course from x school and something in english and sure. something from science and but cumulatively they're learning everything that they need to learn and that also gives us then the ability to go and be anywhere yeah so because again we're all going to leave like this is not going to be you know as soon as things can move i think everyone is going to start thinking more permanently of being away from cities in- including mm. us we're here at the end of may Has the school made any announcements for what they are planning for the upcoming year? They can't. I think just they can't. They haven't made any announcement. This year we're definitely not going back to school. It's not going to happen before wow. January at the earliest. Not not here. Yeah. So school like you don't think the school in Delhi will open to in-person classrooms 
At least before January. I doubt it. Just think about our numbers. We've got so many people. I don't know. I mean, forget even if the school does open. I'm not sure that parents are going to be okay with like, you know what I mean? Like everyone's got older people at home. I don't know. How will this, how quickly will herd immunity be effective? Like maybe by December if everybody is, like if 70% of the population have been infected and the 30% are safe, maybe, but you know, who's going to be the experiment over there? Like, who's going to check that? I really, we're actually thinking now about just other options. Let's look at choices. Let's try them. Let's practice. Let's see how the kids do. As a mom, when you look forward to, like, if you're managing this, what do you think about managing both the school and then also keeping your work going in parallel? Just, we'll have to figure it out. I mean, it's one day at a time and I'm very blessed and lucky because my work is, it's based on my hours. I'm definitely not giving it up. Like this is something I absolutely love and it's something that is mine. And I want my kids to be independent and not have their mother being next, like behind them all day long. I need to have my own thing, which is absolutely nothing to do with anybody else. So whatever it takes, I'm going to keep doing it including waking up at four or five or anything, that's fine. (laughs) So, yeah. If earlier we were consumers of the news, now we're bingers of the news. There's a threat looming on the streets in the form of a virus. There's a threat looming over our wallets in the form of a teetering economy. In this segment, we speak with Sunitra Chaudhary, the political editor of the Hindustan Times, about how they've managed to keep the news going. Like so many industries, journalists are facing large job cuts. And this might disproportionately impact women journalists. Christina spoke with Sunitra to hear more. I think oftentimes people don't think of, you think of essential workers immediately as, of course, medical professionals, you know, folks who are out there being really helpful with making sure that we get food. Um, But we don't think of journalists. How is the newsroom run during this time? So the newsroom, um, you know, basically with a really, really uh, small staff, as I'm sitting in this huge open office right now, Hindustan Times has a really huge office. Um, And, and, um, there are basically seven of us here right now. Yeah, wow. And most of the newsroom is really dark. And, uh, and, and that too started like three weeks ago, when, when uh, around the 4th of May, when they said that, okay, people could start coming back and things could start up. Before that, I think about a month, um, a month and a half, I was at home. What they've done is they've given VPN access to people on their computers. Mm. And they have, there have been days when I think only one person had to just come into look at stuff mm-hmm. and they have managed to bring out editions and every newspaper is doing that just from wow. home. Wow. And how is that done? How, I mean, just what about the physical printing? Just very bare bones staff. Yes. Very bare bones staff indeed. So and it's, I'm... it's, and, and, you know, it, what's become a huge concern is the fact that a lot of people spread the stories in India that newspapers are a source of infection as well. Oh. And, so a lot of people and that meant like a huge financial impact on newspapers like ours Mm. and the times and others so that has had a huge major impact so all 
everybody all newspapers have been running campaigns trying to tell people it's safe don't cancel your subscription mm. you need news right now to yeah know what the thing is like my parents didn't get the newspapers because they're where they live that the society uh, in that area the community there uh they took a decision not to allow any newspapers wow. and so it was very very difficult for them wow and where is this this is in southwest delhi called yeah. barka sure and so it was only 2 days ago that they allowed them to get it back wow so for a month so like for a couple of months so so for so many people it was actually cutting it off obviously we're going to go into a jobs crunch yes uh do you think how much do you see ht and other newsrooms reducing team sizes they are going to i think so i think there are going to be tremendous job losses uh, what i think is really unfortunate is that it's always the journalists who have to go it's um, you know it's not the marketing the journalists the editorial that um, gets cut and it's so ironic that at a time when people are consuming so much media yeah you know right because you know, people are really reading everything that they can I mean the reason why I began that little segment that I do that video that I yes. do is because my editor said that you know people are not getting the newspapers so since you're here and you've done TV it would be great if you could make these small videos you've been doing and, you just for our our listenership you've been doing daily news briefings yeah they're about they're great they're they're about you know to somewhere between 2 and 5 minutes right that's right yeah yeah i thought in the morning it just made sense to pick out the stories that made sense to me were most relevant to me which other people didn't know about and just to give a small thing on them so people are really kind of um people are really kind of they hungry for information they hungry for valuable information they realize that politicians are going to spin it they realize that many governments are not going to want the truth about numbers coming out because it doesn't make them look good and so they're relying on us and and you can see reporters you know and you can see the kind of work that we do anyway i mean you know people always say that journalism is dying i mean they've had concerns about news and of people not being interested for 100 years now or more you know but people will always be interested in stories they'll always be interested in people so that's not going to change It is this moment where people are consuming news with this appetite because there's a mortal threat, right? There's an actual mortal yeah. threat to your average citizen's existence. And so people are consuming news and at that that will be a time also when jobs are going to be chopped. Do you see that that impact will fall pretty proportionately on both men and women colleagues? I'm sure that if there was any discrimination to be done which it's always unfair the people who do get sacked are going to be um are going to be it's going to be unfair to a lot of women for sure um also perhaps uh, a lot of people might feel that their family circumstances have changed that they need to i mean for example i was just talking to my husband about it i don't see my son going back to school in july because i don't see this ending now i'm lucky because my husband is out of a job right now right but how will other people deal with having a child at home 
for example, like my son said today, oh, the class is over. And I'm like, it's been 15 minutes. How could it be over? He said, no, it said that the host ended the session. And I said, that's probably because she got disconnected. I want you to go right back in. Yeah. And, and, and yes, it was on. Yeah. So he needs supervision. So who's going to do that? Uh, that's always going to be the women. The workforce, it keeps shrinking. Uh, we are 25% and we keep shrinking. So one thing is childcare and yeah. what happens with this kind of online learning. That's one thing. Second thing is a lot of people are not going to have helps anymore. Yeah. So because people have gone home um, or their families might say, no, we'll have to do the work ourselves, which is never equitable. A lot yeah. of women end up doing the work themselves. So it's just very tiring and very, very difficult. The thing is that a lot of women are also in media because they're also very, very strong and opinionated. Yeah. So I'm hoping that, you know, they'll kind of work through the odds, but it's going to be unfair. Well, and I think you're right. You know, I think that in, in a public health scare, there's more work at home. Families have to take decisions on who's going to be at home. If school isn't running, we, I yeah. mean, I don't know, we might go down to 10% of labor force participation in the next year. My God. Yeah, it's just, although I don't know economically how that will work for them, because a lot of women are obviously working because they need the money. Yeah. The need right now is for everyone to be just that much more, just to just be kinder. kinder. I just realize how important it is that for people just to be kind to each other and because it makes such a lot of difference. <laughs> So many of our listener responses related to motherhood during this time and what comes next. We really appreciate you sharing these. As um, a new mother, what has been amazing is that I have not had to make the decision about when I'm going to go back into the office because my home has become the office. It's also interestingly not made me had to make a decision about whether I need to um stop breastfeeding or um, start um, pumping or moving to formula because I can be at home all the time with my baby. One of the greatest things that came out of the lockdown was the fact that I was able to spend a lot of quality time with my two and a half year old son. Um, I have been dealing with the mom's guilt right from the very beginning. Uh, I joined back work when he was barely five months old. And I've been struggling with uh, the whole mommy guilt for a very, very long time. I'm a lawyer and a mother. It was hard at first, messy in between, uh, but manageable. And uh, now it's easy peasy and it's become the new normal. What happens when a billion people freeze in place? Because when everything comes to a halt, so does transportation. Gulesh Johan is one of India's top-rated Uber drivers. She was also a guest in episode 15 of our series. In this segment, I checked back in with Gulesh Ji to hear about her experience living in the lockdown. In addition to spending time with her son and daughter-in-law, we find that Gulesh Ji is also on her way to TikTok stardom. When lockdown happened, हेलो हां जी नमस्ते दीदी जिस टाइम लॉकडाउन हुआ था ना दीदी मैं गुड़गांव में थी 
और वहीं पे मेरे को किसी भैया ने बोला कि लॉकडाउन होएगा आप मैडम अब घर से बाहर नहीं निकलेंगे तो मैंने सोचा ऐसा नहीं होता होगा पर ये मेरे को इतना पता नहीं था कि ऐसा लॉकडाउन होगा मेरे को एबीसीडी भी नहीं पता था इसके बारे में ये तो पता था दो तीन दिन के लिए भारत बंद होएगा जो हिंदी में था पर ये नहीं पता था कि इतना लंबा लॉकडाउन होएगा तो उन भैया ने मेरे को बोला था कि राशन वसन घर में भर लेना सब दुकाने दुकाने नहीं खुलेगी दिन कैसे बीतता है और घर पे कौन कौन है और आ, उनके साथ मतलब क्या क्या कैसे कैसे आप दिन बिताते हैं वो बताइए मेरी शुरुआत होती है सुबह पाँच बजे से मैं उठ जाती हूँ मेरे घर में मेरा बेटा है और मेरी बिटिया है बहू रानी प्रिया मैं उठ जाती हूँ पाँच बजे फिर मैं वॉक वगैरह करने चली जाती हूँ फ्रेश होके वो उठती है चाय बनाती है चाय बना के फिर मैं ऊपर छत पे चली जाती हूँ पेड़ पौधों को पानी पुनी देती हूँ फिर मैं नीचे आती हूँ वो नाश्ता नुस्ता बनाती है मम्मी क्या बनाना है कभी छोले भटूरे कभी नेट पे सर्च कर करके जो उसको अच्छा लगता है अभी शादी हुई है ना जनवरी में ही तीस जनवरी की शादी थी उसकी तो फिर वो पूछती रहती है मम्मी क्या बनाना है तो मैं तो बोलती नहीं हूँ क्योंकि मैंने कभी नाश्ता नहीं किया है मैं डायरेक्ट खाना ही खाती थी जब मैं मेरा बेटा रहते थे क्योंकि हम जल्दी उठते थे खाना बनाया पैक करा वो अपने चला जाता था मैं अपने चली जाती थी टैक्सी लेके तो सुबह से फिर ऐसे नाश्ता नुश्ता करते हैं दोपहरी में फिर साफ सफाई करके फिर थोड़ी देर बैठते हैं टीवी टूवी देखते हैं और फिर दोपहरी में फिर मम्मा क्या बनाना है फिर जो बनाना है बनाओ खाओ फिर बस ऐसे ही पूरा दिन बच्चों के साथ निकल जाता है और गुलेश जी ये वाला क्वेश्चन है टिकटॉक के बारे में क्योंकि आपने कहा था कि आप जब टाइम बिताते हैं घर पे तो प्रिया ने आपको टिकटॉक सिखाया था और फिर आप खुद का भी ये खुद के भी टिकटॉक बनाते हैं तो उसके बारे में थोड़ा बताइए और उस दिन जब आप गाड़ी लेके गए थे बाहर तो आपने बताया था कि आप मतलब आप यू नो भाड़ा ढूंढ रहे थे फिर नहीं मिल रहा था तो फिर आपने वहाँ बाहर आके ऐसे टिकटॉक बना दिया तो कुछ उसके बारे में तो बताइए ना हमें पहले ये बात सच्चे की मेरे को कुछ भी नहीं पता था टिकटॉक कैसे बनता सिर्फ व्हाट्सएप का फेसबुक का पता था टिकटॉक का मुझे पता नहीं था तो हम मैं बिटिया को लेने हम उसके घर पे गए तो हम बैठे थे तो बोली मम्मी आप टिकटॉक बनाऊ आपकी तो मैंने कहा वो क्या होती है तो उसने बोला मम्मी टिकटॉक जो पूरी दुनिया देखती है उसने मेरे को दिखाया कि मम्मी ऐसे बनती है तो मैंने बोला चल ठीक है दिखा कैसे बनती है तो उसने एक गाना लगाया था तेरे जैसा यार कहा उसपे थोड़ी सी मेरी टिकटॉक बनाई थी और मैंने बोला कैसे बनती है तो उसने बोला मम्मी जी ये हालांकि मेरे को कभी जिंदगी में टिकटॉक वगैरह कुछ मेरे को पता ही नहीं था टिकटॉक होती क्या है और अब अब तो मैंने इतनी टिकटॉक बनाई है कि बस मैं बता नहीं सकती ढाई सौ तीन टिकटॉक डाउन ये लॉकडाउन हुआ है तब से मैंने अब तक मेरे कम से कम पंद्रह बीस हजार लोग मेरे कमेंट दिए हैं जिन्होंने जो मैं टिकटॉक के ऊपर हूँ और बहुत अच्छा लोग लिखते हैं बहुत अच्छा उनको मेरा वीडियो लगता है बहु अब हैरान हो जाती है मम्मी क्या है एक एक दिन में हजार हजार आपके कमेंट आ रहे तो सोच के अच्छा लगता है और ये सब मेरी प्रिया बिटिया ने ही सिखाया था मुझे कुछ नहीं आती आता था और अब मैं वही फ्री टाइम पे वही टिकटॉक बनाती रहती हूँ जब घर पे रहती हूँ तो और क्या करूँ मन नहीं लगता तो ऊपर रूम में चली जाती हूँ नीचे आ जाती हूँ ऊपर बाहर जाती हूँ तो बहु कहती लाओ मैं बनाती हूँ मम्मी आपकी टिकटॉक तो ऐसे ही पूरा दिन खुशी से बीत जाता है और एक इंजॉय हो जाता है लोगों के लिए एक मनोरंजन चला जाता है तो अच्छा लगता है इस लॉकडाउन में जो मतलब आमदनी हुई है कुछ उसके बारे में बता सकते हैं अगर हुई है या नहीं हुई है बिजनेस कैसा है आपके राय में नहीं दीदी लॉकडाउन जब से चला तब से तो मैं घर पे ही बैठी हूँ और बेटा तो शादी के बाद अभी तक गया ही नहीं है काम पे 
तो बिजनेस या काम तो कुछ ही नहीं है अभी तो बैठे हैं घर पे बस खा रहे हैं सो रहे हैं टीवी देख रहे हैं बस यहीं तक कुछ कर रहे हैं आमदनी तो एक रुपए की भी नहीं है क्योंकि बेटे की शादी थी जनवरी में तो वो दिसंबर से ही घर पे ही काम काज में लगा हुआ था तो इस वजह से तो काम तो ऐसा कुछ नहीं हुआ है अब देखो कब तक ये लॉकडाउन खुलेगा तभी बात बनेगी और गुलेश जी क्या आपको लगता है कि लॉकडाउन के बाद जो आमदनी होने वाली है जो बिजनेस होने वाला है क्या वो पहले से आ, मतलब पहले की तरह होगा या मतलब नए तरीके से करना पड़ेगा और उसकी क्या क्या बाधाएं आपको दिखती हैं जो हो सकती हैं या क्या क्या प्लस पॉइंट है जो आपको दिख, दिखते हैं जो हो सकते हैं काफी फर्क पड़ा है क्योंकि अब लोगों के पास काफी ड्राइवर तो घर चले गए और काफी ड्राइवर यहीं पे है और ऊबर के पास भी अब जितने लोग हैं वो तो सब घर पे चले गए ना घर से और आई से ज्यादा काम मिलता था एयरपोर्ट का आईटी का ही नहीं का रेलवे स्टेशन का ही नहीं का काम ज्यादा मिलता था तो अब ये तो काम है ही नहीं ना लोग बाग सब तो आधे से ज्यादा घर चले गए कुछ हैं वो घर पे हैं और लोग डरते हैं टैक्सी में बैठने के या किसी भी गाड़ी में बैठने से पहले दूसरे की तो डरते हैं वो लोग की कहीं करोना ना हो जाए तो फर्क तो पड़ा ये चार साल पीछे चली गई है जिंदगी कर्जवान हो गए हैं जैसे अब लोन ले रखा है लोगों ने काफी कर्जा ले रखा है तो वो तीन महीने चार महीने से घर ही बैठे हैं तो कहाँ से तो वो उनको देंगे और कहाँ से खुद खाएंगे